0: The internet, a place where information and experiences can be passed to others with the clacking of a keyboard and the clicking of a mouse. A place where every second thousands, if not millions of people from various different backgrounds and beliefs upload content made by them in the hopes of reaching another user, thereby impacting them for the day, or at the very least saving them from the boredom that much of the first world has the luxury of experiencing. It is truly amazing that within the past 30 years, a revolution has taken hold. One that has allowed people to communicate, learn to entertain themselves across a country, an ocean, and heck, even astronauts in the International Space Station have access to an albeit limited and slow version of the internet using radio waves. People have never been so loud, yet so quiet, able to share and view a variety of opinions, yet are often drowned out in never-ending, ever-changing noise around every individual and every topic. Isaac Newton said for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And to this new age of exploration and knowledge, the inverse is true as well, and at this point, seemingly inevitable. As mentioned before, there is a strain to remain relevant in the modern age of instant replies and scrolling attention spans. News companies feel this strain too. According to Myers of The Atlantic, The Washington Post puts out 1,200 stories a day, The New York Times puts out 230, and The Wall Street Journal adds 240 articles every day to its servers. Compared to the 7-12 to articles they could put out before when they were print-only publications, they publish in a day what all three used to publish in a month. This is how much more is being published in the face of modern consumers. No one can read all this in a year, let alone a day, so people start selecting their sources. When people begin to select their sources, a group of fans tend to build up. Competing in the modern world is difficult, so they choose to cater to those fans. Printing stuff they, the consumers, want to see want to hear, want to believe. After all, with sales dwindling, these publishers don't have much choice if they want to stay relevant and pay their thousands of employees. When this is combined with less reputable publications posting unverifiable information, the general lies and deceit that come with politics and news and confirmation bias, it's easy to see why nothing can be trusted anymore and it's only going to get worse. Deepfakes are a relatively new technology that presents a danger to the credibility and affirmation of news. For all those that have never heard of a deepfake, they can make photos and videos that look real but are actually fake. While the technology isn't quite there to be indistinguishable from reality, it's certainly uncanny, and perhaps even past uncanny. It is close enough that without careful monitoring, you could easily mistake the footage as real, and the AIs used to make them are only getting better. While there have already been some high-profile cases, many of which involve actresses and, let's call them, content on adult platforms which has led to the shame and embarrassment of victims when these false images or videos go viral there has been a response by social media companies many of which will ban content thought to be a deepfake and intelligence officials are monitoring the situation closely but let's be honest nothing they do is going to stop people from making deepfakes you can't kill an idea and as i mentioned before the technology is only getting better how long is it before you can't distinguish deepfakes from a real video For future celebrities, it's a personal problem that will have to be addressed by them in the future, but for politicians, it's a whole new level of scary. Anyone with the ability or the means to make a false video about their political opponents can make that video, and most people won't even realize it's fake until it's already quote-unquote old news. Just imagine how many people read the highlights, breaking news stories, but never follow them for the months, if not years, until their conclusion. That news is boring and gets buried under the latest hot topic story everyone and their mother is talking about. On the contrary, if the government has access to this technology, cover-ups and potential for corruption is clear. One day, you could be for an issue, the next day against. Anything to the contrary of today's agenda are deepfakes and goes down the old memory hole. There is no way to trust your eyes or ears in that society. And that's not some distant dystopia. That's 20 or 30 years from now. People are dividing politically in the United States and Europe. Pew has released an article titled U.S. Media Polarization in the 2020 Election, A Nation Divided, that shows how Democrats and Republicans trust and distrust opposing sources. Combine that with Pew's political polarization chart from 1994 to 2017, it's easy to see that around Obama's second term, the Republicans went right. Figures are similar to those of 1994. But the left has been swifting left at a consistent yet fast rate since 1999. This presents a dynamic that people are becoming polarized at the same time they're becoming distrustful of each other. Politics and the media surrounding it, for one reason or another, has taken on a very tribal nature in the past 20 years. Understanding is a mission of defeat to agree with the enemy is betrayal. And everyone not on your side is out to destroy everything good and holy. Here's the truth. It's all propaganda. CNN and MSNBC might as well be the propaganda arm of the DNC, and same with Fox News and the RNC. Any news source that tells you what to think isn't trying to inform you, they're trying to disinform you, inform you of one side, one lie, one repeatable opinion and counterclaim, your daily dose of facts, just what the doctor ordered. For some reason, people are more willing to listen to a news source that confirms their strongest beliefs and prejudices, rather than actually be challenged and forced to think critically about everything they see and hear. I'm not arguing for outright conspiracy theories, but rather some healthy skepticism about the motives and validity of what they're watching. If taken to its fullest extent, the future looks very grim. Traditional news sources are dying, and those that are still around are printing out exaggerated stories left and right to stay relevant and desperately compete for the attention of an increasingly divided populace that makes enemies and scapegoats of the political opposition. Politicians, more than happy to use this to their advantage, calling opposition candidates and their supporters deplorable, un-American, Nazis, communists, etc. Their gain is our defeat. Slander and name-calling has replaced policy and vision, although name-calling has been a tradition in America going back to Adams and Jefferson. It has been especially present in the more sensational nature politics has taken on in the past decade. These trends feed each other more and more, and what was once a snowball is quickly spiraling into an avalanche. Moreover, the inevitable and convincing nature of deepfakes makes this all the more worrying as the lines between fact and fiction blur, and with this any sense of unity left in these divided states of America. This is not a possible future. The time to prevent this dystopia, if such a time ever existed, is long gone. This is an inevitability that will plague the world in the near future. There is a pattern going on for the rules of disinformation that I seek to expose here, and thus the rules for disinformation are as followed. Rule number one is divide and conquer. If you seek to conquer in the modern era, you must divide. Pick your groups and stick with them. It is necessary if choosing multiple groups to pick ones that have few or no conflicting interests. It could lead to a less reliable united base. To venture outside these selected groups is suicide and should only be done if absolutely necessary. After all, if you've got nothing to lose, you have everything to gain. Otherwise, once you have a target or targets that are reliable, get you majority and impassioned, you stick with them. Appeal only to their interest, nothing else, or else you risk someone else coming along and stealing those who see a greater benefit with him or her. Rule number two is for every person that tries to bring you up, 10 will try to tear you down. The source of disinformation is power. There is no reason to lie about someone if not to gain what they have or replace them with an ally. For this reason, you must defend your groups no matter what it costs, excluding your position, election, and power. Rule number three is in House of Cards, Frank Underwood says the road to power is paved with hypocrisy, and this is no more true than here. Today's scapegoat is tomorrow's hero. Today's opinion is tomorrow's enemy. It all depends on what those groups want. Change with them, remain in their good graces, play your cards right, and nothing will stand in your way. Rule number four, the opponent is the antithesis of evil. Whether they're Nazis, communists, angels, or devils, they are evil. They wish to destroy everything good and holy, and you're the only one who can save the world from certain destruction. Whether they accurately represent those beliefs is irrelevant. They are because they are, and that's all that matters. Rule number five, make friends within your influential group. If you're a new site, only cite sources that share your bias. If the Daily Caller is smart, they will only cite The Blaze, and the Young Turks will only cite MSNBC. Politicians have it even easier. Just direct your audience to them via saying their article titles, going on with their host, shout them out, etc. Just sing their praises and you'll be good. Don't direct them to independent, nonpartisan sources, maybe on rare occasions if they're 100% fully supporting your opinion. If they trust them, seemingly contradictory information will force them to make a choice. Yes, some will stay, but some may leave, and you'll never get them back. That can't happen. Rule number six. Rome wasn't conquered in a day. Be patient, be calculated, be ruthless. Unnecessary risks will get you and any of your political slash journalistic ambitions killed instantly by someone able to master these three skills better than you. Think long-term plans on how to achieve your goals of absolute control over a base. Make deals, establish relationships, and build slowly. Punching above your weight is only going to get you served. If opponents think you're a threat, they'll crush you long before you can truly gain control, but remain silent. When the time is right, it will be too late to stop your dominance. Still, remember there will always be people above you and below you. How ruthless you can be is limited by them and the other two skills I mentioned above. How willing they are to support you once you start getting nasty. Get too nasty and support will drop, and someone will take your place, reaping the benefits of your hard work. Step number seven, the facts are wrong. Follow unwanted information and the accusations accompanied by them with an emotional or ethical appeal. Basic ethos, pathos, logos. If you can make your pathos or ethos claim sound like a logos, you're gold. If that's not an option, just attack and slander that person. Then change the question. Dodge and avoid. This is true of publications denying their bias and misrepresentative reporting and politicians debating on Twitter. Remember rule four and you're baseball too. Rule number eight, you're never wrong. Your opinions are absolute and never changing, despite the fact you said something completely different yesterday. Your opinion does not change, even if it does. Think of how many politicians say they didn't support the Iraq war despite voting in favor of it and making various public speeches condoning it. Cough, cough, Biden, Trump. If something doesn't work out the way you wanted to slash promised it to, no matter how minute you had no involvement, get a couple lowly scapegoats and sacrifice them to the fire. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but a good politician's foresight is always 50-50. At least it should always appear as such. This is where your journalists come in who will minimize or outright ignore the breaking story. If you're an executive slash journalist, yes, you'll lose the buzz in the short term, but long term you'll gain favor and avoid angering that dedicated supporter base which you have hooked on a specific candidate slash party. Having the news source of your audience allows you to break and flex rule six. If your followers are restricted to a few select news sources in your camp, then it's far easier to stop campaign wrecking stories from reaching the majority of them. Furthermore, they'll be more likely to disregard them as untrustworthy reports and can be buried under reports against the enemy. This will get far easier in the future with deepfakes, you can just deny you ever said that and that the clips are fake. Your followers will probably believe it, even if no one else does, but they are all that matters. Congratulations, you've conquered, manipulated, and slandered your way to the top of the political-slash-media empire, and you control all, at least until someone understands this better than you. As for everyone else, remember the internet is a tool for knowledge, connections, and entertainment, but don't forget its assured cost and the future of turmoil it brings.